so they said to me, um, you know the Springsteen song, My Hometown? And I said, yeah, of course I know it. And they said, can you sing it? And I said, well, I can give it a try. You know, uh, I, I won't promise to be, <laughs> you know, any good, but I'll give it a go. And so I start to break into it. And these African guys kind of accompany me. So they're kind of humming the the melody and um, behind me, joining in with the chorus. So I feel a little bit like I'm at this stage, like I'm Paul Simon performing Graceland with Lady Smith Black Mambazo. In my head, in my head. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of Set Listening Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is a friend who has not officially been on the podcast since January 2019, but as we were talking, Ian and I talk all the time on Twitter, and he's uh, he sent me voicemails, we've just kind of, I think right when the um, pandemic stopped, we had a um, kind of a group session that didn't get recorded, just visiting. So, Ian, Ian Breesby joining me today. How are you, Ian? I'm very well, thank you, Jesse. A pleasure to be joining you again across the miles. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, it's 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 a crazy time. Well, it certainly is, and uh, doesn't look like it's going to be much less crazy anytime soon, to be honest. In in either of our countries, I don't think. No, I don't. And so, um, last night, um, the the Texas Rangers, the baseball team here, mm-hmm. had their official opening day, and mm-hmm. uh, they were playing the Colorado Rockies. And so, Chris and I said, "Well, you know, we probably won't watch the whole game, but it, we we want to at least see because they have a new ballpark." And so they. Um, they had piped in crowd noise, so like if someone hit, they go like, shh. Mm-hmm. And then they had, uh, which is really cute, um, for $50, you could uh, donate to a charity, upload your photo, and they printed a 3D cutout mm-hmm. and put it in the stands. So there was there was George Bush and Laura Bush, you know, who are big Ranger fans. He used to own, he used to be part of an owner. They've had, you know, um, former um, players. So it was all in the stands. So it was you had these cutouts, and um, we ended up just being so happy to be seeing sports that we kept it on the whole game. I mean, we talked a lot, and baseball is one of those games where. Um, it, it because of its pace, it's it's perfect for conversation. So we had a good time, and uh, but it was it was weird to think that you know that's what it's going to be—the stand full of cutouts and not people. 
Yeah, it's it's very strange. Uh, some of our sports started up again in in recent weeks. The soccer, the football, they've played the season to end, and uh, the cricket has also started, which I love. So uh, today, before we spoke, I was watching cricket on the TV, but that's the same. It's behind closed doors. It's you know no crowd noise or anything like that. Um, actually, playing on a stadium that I've seen Bruce and the East Street Band play at. So that was uh, that's nice. Strange, yeah. It was strange to think that where the players are playing, I've stood there watching Bruce play. It's always always nice from the stadium tours. And it's always nice to have a Bruce connection. That's good. Absolutely. Um, so, except for missing sports, how are you and your family doing during this time? We've been okay. We're, nobody close to us has been, thankfully, uh, affected directly by the vaccine, in term, by the vaccine, by the virus in terms of actually being sick. Um, obviously, the lockdown's been a, a challenge for people in terms of jobs and uh, other things. But, you know, for the two of us, it's been okay. My work has dropped off. All of my tourism work, obviously, has uh, pretty much gone cancelled for this year. Uh, but the translation work has been okay. It's been steady, not busy, but steady. And my wife has been able to continue to tutor her kids privately via Zoom, and uh, and so she's been able to work as well. And actually, because they've missed so much school, some of the kids and families are continuing through the, the school break as well. So she can actually work at a time when normally she wouldn't. So it's it's been okay from that point of view. But, yeah, what's, a lot of things we've missed. What's the thought over there about um, having the kids go back to school in, you know, for us, it's in, you know, within a month, you know, schools would normally start up in the fall. What's the thoughts over there? Well, some of ours have been back. I mean, my sister's a teacher. Uh, she teaches kids age 10 and 11. Yeah. And uh, she's been back um, for around a month. Yeah. They finished again now for the summer break, but they had smaller group sizes and, and put everything in place. They only had one year group. Uh, back okay. uh, each school, so the ones who were doing the last little bit of their schooling before they go to the next school. Okay. Um, I think people are wary, but I think people are also very, very concerned about their, their kids not getting their education. And, and I think friends of mine who've got particularly very young kids, four or five years old, they're very no, much noticing the, the lack of the decline in the social skills of, of those children who just started to kind of mature a little bit, having started to go in their education. And now they're slipping back a little bit in terms of their development. So I think for the very young kids, particularly, they're looking forward to getting them back to school. Yeah, um, it's 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 not an easy um, it's not an easy situation. And um, and I I certainly don't. Um, I don't think it's easy as um, yes, we got to send kids back to school, but I also don't no. think it's as easy as no, no, we don't, you know, 100% don't. Um, I've had friends that express the concern too about um, how do they, you know, forget the practicality of okay, how do I go back to work with now my kids are home full time, but the idea of 
are I'm not a teacher. I'm not good enough to teach them what they're doing. And then the social skills and how do we how do we make them you know the whole um, interaction, which is so much about things. It is it's a scary time. Yeah, it is. And uh, you know, I think from what my sister said, it's been much better than what she thought it was going to be. That's good. Even she says if they start trying to have all of the kids back in September, it's going to be on a whole other level in yeah. terms of the logistics of it. Um, you know, she's been actually able to do quite well with keeping the distance between the kids. Um, they're a little bit older, so that at that age they can understand. Um, all of the staff who've been in have been getting weekly COVID tests um, from their employers. Yeah. So. You know, there's been a lot of precautions taken, but I think, yeah, it's like all of these things when they try to take it to the next level and have it on a broader basis is is really when the, the test is going to come. And that that's it's something that's impossible to predict, really, I think, at this stage. I think you're right. All right. Uh, before we move to music and some other stuff, I got to ask you, I, I know you're an ice hockey fan, right? I am. Yes. Yeah. So what did you think of Seattle's? New, uh, did you see Seattle is getting I a did, team? Yeah. What did you think of the name and the logo? I think it's a, a, an interesting name. Um, I like the logo very much in terms yeah. of the name. I thought it was uh, quite cool and quite, I think it's quite simple. They didn't try to do too any, anything too yeah. elaborate. But I, I like quite a simple logo personally yeah. for, for sport team, sport team, nothing too busy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting. It's not a name that I've ever come across for a hockey team before. Right. So that's that's nice. Uh, yeah. It's nice they they've gone in a different direction. Yeah. So uh, um, for those of you yeah. who may not follow, they're the Seattle Krakens, as in Kraken. release the Kraken. And um, I, I I do as I was doing a little search because I remembered you loved hockey, and you know I was like, hey. Um, I guess some it's mixed. Some people wanted uh, people. Some people in Seattle wanted something a little more localized. You know, something more mm-hmm. about the local Northwest area. But I got to tell you, on Twitter, everyone who's not from Seattle seems to love it. You know, like, oh man, I've got to get that jersey. I just love that. <laughs> you know, so uh, I think it's kind of cool, and that's that's fun. Yeah, there's a, a good friend of mine who from from the hockey who I know who is a big fan of a rum that has the same name. That's his favorite drink. Oh, how fun! And so we've been uh, telling him he's going to have to switch his allegiance from the Calgary Flames to the yeah, to the, exactly. <laughs> they've yeah. been named after his favorite drink. It's it's yeah. fate. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, you know, we had talked a little bit beforehand, and you you said that you you wanted to mention a little bit. Um, about music during the lockdown. So um, I have not seen as many online shows as I wish I had. Um, I've tended to um, spend more of my free time either podcasting more, you know, talking to more people. I'm doing like almost two new ep- – I am doing two, ep- two new episodes a week versus my normal one. And, uh, and you know, binging TV. But uh, it sounds like you've been watching a little bit of music. Yeah, I have. Um, it's, you know, like sport and like the work and everything, it's a big miss, I think. The last the last live music I actually saw was in February. Um, 
so um, before the lockdown. But I, I did. I, I, I saw that some of the artists were starting to put shows on or just little performances from their from their own homes and, and whatever it was. And, and so I started tuning in to. I think some are more successful than others. Others, It depends how ambitious they try to be. I, I've tended to find those who keep it very simple have been the better ones because uh, that's just fits that format a little bit better. So, yeah, there's two or three I've been listening to who've been doing pretty much weekly shows. Oh, okay. Please share. So, yeah. So, I mean, one of the main ones I've been listening to is a guy called uh, Anthony Diamato, um, who is uh, he's a New York native um he's uh, i think he's played with bruce at the uh, light of day shows in okay. in, the, in park uh, and he's kind of a, a folk americana kind of singer songwriter very very good I, I i've loved his music for a lot of years but he's been doing well he started off the lockdown by doing an, an entire online show just of bruce covers him and another guy oh nice uh, uh, it was called uh Quarantine. wow um, it and um, but he's he's been doing his own stuff as well every, every Friday evening. So um, it's called the the lockdown happy hour. So it's at 5 p.m. Um, he's currently in New Orleans. That's where he's been spending the quarantine time. So okay. it's uh, 10 p.m. on a Friday night UK time. So it's nice to to uh, sit there and chill with a drink at the end of the working week. And, you know, because he's such a small artist, you've got such a small group of people watching. You can chat to people in the comments. He reads the comments and will interact with the people who are watching. He'll play requests uh, if he can remember them. And, uh, you know, so it's just been fantastic to, to get that every week and to know that every Friday you've got this live performance to look forward to. Yeah. And, and tell, uh, me as, uh, tell me, I'm, I'm Googling as you search. Give me the name again. His name is Anthony D'Amato, so it's D apostrophe A M A T O. Okay. And uh, yeah, so he's been doing the live shows. He also has recorded. He wrote a song about the about the pandemic and about getting back to seeing people again. And that, he's just released that uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that's the one he's been closing all his shows with. But he's been doing some great stuff. I definitely recommend him. He's he usually throws in a, a Bruce song every couple of weeks as well. Uh, he's done a great uh, Ghost of Tom Joad. He did a lovely Atlantic City last week. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah, he's been doing that. And uh, and a singer called Miss Emily, that's another one I've been listening to. She is a Canadian. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's someone else I came across on the on the Light of Day UK shows yeah. that I've been to a few times. And uh, she does... Um, great shows there they're a little bit more informal she'll be kind of having a chat and uh, just sort of having a a bit of a joke and, and ch- telling people about her life and things but um she's been doing some great performances as well on there so yeah they've been ones and uh, uh, an english singer called david ford uh, who is someone else who i picked a song by when i was on uh, terry's uh, music talks podcast uh, and david ford has been doing these um shows where they're basically one-man band shows he uses the looping equipment um, and they've been they've been great as well so i've been pretty much i feel as i've almost seen more live music Uh in the lockdown than in the um you know in the normal times or in some ways talk to me about being on terry's podcast i really enjoyed your 
episode. It, it was really nice. Um, there's actually been a couple of people. There is that. There is a subset of set lusting Bruce and music talk guests. You know, there's a subset yeah, of been yeah. both. So I was very happy to hear you uh, talk a little bit about that. Well, I loved it, and um, ditto you, especially your recent anniversary episode with Terry. I, I loved it. It was a it's a beautiful summer day when it came out, so I sat in the garden and then listened to the two of you chatting about music. It was fantastic. Oh, nice. Uh, I found it a great experience. I think the thing that most people say when they go on there is it was much harder than I thought to pick my songs. Right. <laughs> I think there were one or two that were just obvious that, I'm, that's, you know, there's no way that's not going to be in my list. But then there was somewhere, you know, I was there could have been two or three other ones for each of the, the selections that I that I picked that that would have been I'd have been equally happy with, really. So, yeah, yeah I found it a great. And I think it's one of those things chatting about music, the same when I chat to you with Terry as well. You chat and you finish recording and you think, did we really talk for that long? It felt like a couple of minutes yeah. just. Just chatting about something that you're both really keen on and yes. interested. In, I think it's just great. Yeah, I, I think he is. I think he is just a wonderful host, and I think he pulls out um, a lot from his guests. And and it truly is. You know, he on his latest episode, he mentioned he's debating changing the title to Connections, Music Connections, because it really does seem to be, and I don't think he, if he's there's a whole problem with rebranding a podcast, but I think that is true. There is, there is so many connections that when the listeners tell the story, and um, I also love that he said that, you know, um, it has been a theme about people, quote unquote, cheating like figuring out how to manipulate <laughs> things. And he said, in, he said yeah. in your very first episode, Jesse, you set that standard, which made me smile. Um, <laughs> so, well, yeah. I, actually, talking of Terry, um, I, I'm gay, I had my first ever guitar perfor- public performance. Yes, tell me about this. <laughs> well, I've been playing the guitar for a lot of years, but I'm, I'm no good at it, essentially, because I don't practice enough. Um, and nobody outside my family and has ever really heard me, and my guitar teacher has ever really heard me play. But um, I was listening to one of Terry's episodes right at the beginning of lockdown, and uh, he mentioned one of the stories the guest told was similar to one that I'd told, and, and Terry mentioned me in the, the talks. So, as you know, for every episode, Terry makes a, a playlist, and any yes. bands or artists that get mentioned go on the, the episode playlist. So as soon as I'd listened to the episode, I sent Terry a message and said, hope that the fact I got a mention doesn't mean you're expecting a track of mine to go on the playlist. And, uh, you know, because obviously um, I don't have one. And uh, he said, yes, I await your recording with interest. (laughs) And that was that seemed to be the end of the joke until a couple of days later. I saw Terry posting something on social media that uh, he was meant to be seeing Van Morrison that week at the Royal Albert Hall in London, I think. And obviously the show had been cancelled because of the uh, pandemic. So as it happened, the previous two lessons I'd had on my guitar, we'd been doing a Van Morrison song. So I said, look, I'm going to take this joke one step further. So I recorded myself playing 
the first the first verse and chorus of the von Morrison song, which was uh, "It Stoned Me," um, and um, I recorded that and sent it to Terry and said, "Here's my track that you're waiting for." <laughs> Might also make up for missing out on Van himself performing. <laughs> that is awesome. Right. You know, what's funny, right, is it made me smile a little when, um, as I was getting ready to talk to you again, I was reviewing your Music Talks episode, and, um, you know, he gives a shout-out to your Beatles tour, and he said, and he, yeah. you know, delivered one, he says, uh, I plan to go next year, and it made me a little sad because... I know there's a good chance that won't happen next year. I mean, we no, hope it will, but it is. Might happen sometime. Yeah, and so absolutely. Um, well, good. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll have to go check that out. Good for you. Now, oh, you'd have to ask Terry. It's not in the public domain. Okay, it's well, not uh, all right. It's actually, put it on the playlist. I'm, I'm thankful to say. I think uh, I don't think Terry's um, guests are quite that broad in their musical taste that they can bear to listen to me singing and playing jazz. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, before we move on, I wanted to share with you, um, I'm not sure when this episode will go out, but um, we're recording this at the end of July. You know, September is the fifth anniversary of Set Listing Bruce. I will have been doing the podcast for five years on like September 8th. Um and so I'm, I'm trying to think, how do I celebrate? And uh, Terry came up with an idea, and we're going to record. Because in my episode, I made a joke about, I thought about, you know, picking a song that Bruce has covered for every decade, and that would be. And he said, well, why, if you want to do that, I'll host it. So that's my goal right now, is I'm going to pick a song from every decade I've been alive that Bruce has covered something from that decade and we're going to have that as an episode so i think here jesse i have on my desk uh, my tentative list for that very thing that i made when i was listening to that episode oh nice um, <laughs> and one of the things i do when i listen to terry's show is to uh, make notes usually on any yeah. interesting artists or songs that i want to go check out yeah. afterwards uh, and when you came up with that uh, little idea about Bruce's cover versions over the decades. I started to uh, make a little list of ones that I could think of that might be included. You know, um, maybe uh, we'll do a theme of those where um, I, you could, I could have you back on and you could share your list and then you know, after Terry, that'd be fun. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this because it just is blatant stealing. But um, one of the sports stations, the sports station I listen to uh, the ticket, um, their morning show um, had um, every week they did biggest show coming to town, and they they listed all the live uh, shows that were coming into town, and they um, gave us like okay, um, you know, um, Bogscas is coming or U2 is coming or you know. Um, Jason Isbell, or just they go through each of the acts. Some of them, you know, in big venues, some of them in smaller clubs. And then they discuss each of them, play a little clip, uh, talk about whether they like them, whether they don't. And then at the end, all the hosts, there's, there's three main hosts, and then there's the 
two or three supporting people and they go around the table and they vote okay what's the biggest show coming to town you know and so like if mm-hmm. and often you know if you don't have a big act it could be like you know because you've got people that are in um little clubs and such um well they can't do that now and so they were for a while they were debating and they came up with what they're calling the bands of your life and they asked 12 questions like and i I can't remember all of them i wrote them down but um the band band you hate band you think is overrated band that got you into music band that you love band you could hear all the time band you um haven't seen but you wish you had um and there's ends up being 12 questions and band that is that is mandatory you have to hear live right but you can only pick one band for each topic so so like if if like i i wrote it down and i'm i'm thinking about doing this though it is a blatant rip off of them right like it and i'm just going to give them credit right but like let's just pick um band you love band that got you into music band you can listen to all the time you know band you have to live live well bruce has to be the live one but that means okay band you love and band you can listen to all the time well the beach boys would be my choice but do i pick them for the one i love or the one whose music i could listen to all the time um i I will send you the questions so you can think about it because it it made it fun because you can only pick and they just had lisa love on she answered the questions uh and and so they've been kind of going around all the people on the stadium all the people on the radio station and then local celebrities have been filling it out and it's a it's like 11 or 12 questions and it makes it a lot of fun guilty pleasure is another one and things like that so yeah it sounds um it sounds great and uh, it's I did a similar thing a number of years ago on, on a blogging thing. It was uh, one of these 30 days blogging things and you get the prompt every day. Right. And it was very similar things. I think it was more songs than uh, artists, but it yeah. was, the, you know, the song you could listen to every day, the the, the song you hate, the yeah. song by an artist that's a guilty pleasure yeah. and these kind of things. And uh, so I, I did those. That was, I think, I think there were 30 of them. So some of them were a little bit... Um, yeah, a little bit strange, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to do, and I think that rule that is really hard because you do go into it saying, "Well, I've got to get this band in, but where can I get them? Can yes. I get them here? If I put them there, how do I drop <laughs> this yeah, kind of band?" Yeah, and, and it's, it's great. right, like because obviously, as much as I love Bruce, you know, he could be several, like you know. Yeah. Music you can yeah. listen to all the time. Okay, Bruce, that's easy, you know. But then, okay, well, what band do you have to see live? Oh, well, that's yeah. got to be Bruce, you know. That's and be then, Bruce. Yeah, and so it's 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 funny. Um, yeah. It's so funny. you already you talked about playing the guitar in your vocal debut, but you mentioned something about Bruce cover in the African Bush. Okay, you you got to okay, tell me so- this story. Yeah, my, my video for Terry was the first time really my guitar has ever been played for anyone other than the immediate family. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm no singer, Jesse, um, 
but you know I've, I've turned my hand to, to karaoke and these kind of things like most people have um and i have performed a bruce cover for a very small audience um unexpectedly okay. um, after, I hear. after a couple of years as well so um, as you may know, when Bruce toured on the uh, Human Rights Tour in, back in 1988, one of the places they played was in Harare, uh, Zimbabwe, okay. which at that time, that was before Zimbabwe became itself a human rights pariah um, in, in many ways. So that was as close as they could get to a place where they could play the show as close to apartheid South Africa as they could get. Okay. So took the the Amnesty tour to Harare. They played there, uh, and uh, yeah, and I never really thought more of it until I was travelling in Zimbabwe in the mid nineties. When I was a student, I was travelling around the country backpacking for uh, two months, uh, and one of the places I visited was one of the the game reserves. And you sit around in the evening. There's a fire pit outside the bar area, and you're sitting around. It's you know beautiful warm evening the stars and i was chatting to some of the guys they were actually some of the guys who worked as park rangers and so on in the game park and we got around to a little bit of a sing song and talking about music and they said to me well you, you're from england what music do you like i said well actually my favorite music is american and they said what's that and i, I told them springsteen was my favorite song and they said oh we love springsteen and I said, oh, OK, really? And they said, yeah, he came to our country and we all watched it on the on the TV and on, we listened to it on the radio because big star name musicians never come to Zimbabwe. You know, they have African artists and, and that kind of thing, maybe some South African artists. But, you know, for big international names to go there, it was a massive thing. So they said to me, um, you know, the Springsteen song, My Hometown. And I said, yeah, of course, I know it. And they said, can you sing it? And I said, well, I can give it a try. You know, uh, I, I won't promise to be, <laughs> you know, any good, but I'll give it a go. And so I start to break into it. And these African guys kind of accompany me. So they're kind of humming the, the melody and um, behind me, joining in with the chorus. So I feel a little bit like I'm at this stage, like I'm Paul Simon performing Graceland with Lady Smith like my yes. in my head, yes. in my head. <laughs> and and so there we sit in the middle of the African bush under the stars around a campfire and I'm singing my hometown with an African male chorus accompanying me and uh, joining in on the bits they knew. So, uh, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a very special moment that I'll never forget. I, uh, okay. First off, I, I, I have my, I have moisture in my eyes out of emotion. That is beautiful. And and I can just imagine I mean that sounds like something out of a movie, but it's there and it's real and gosh, what a great memory. That's that's yeah. awesome. That God, thank you for sharing that. That's that's great. Oh, yeah. It was a beautiful moment, but it's it's a, it was a beautiful country with and yeah. fantastic people there as well. And so unexpected, right? Uh, I think, no, of course, yeah. yeah. Like, I think I've told this, I know I have told the story, but um, for my um, for my birthday, we went to New Orleans a couple of years ago, um, and it was while I was on chemo, and uh, it was a good week. You know, I had 
I had the rounds of chemo were every three weeks, and the third week was your best week, and then you started chemo again. And um, so we were in New Orleans, and we were, we were on French Street, and a lot of live music, and we went to a lot of shows. And um, the lady, this one afternoon, she was bringing the hat around, you know, the probably coffee can for us to put donations in. And Linda looked over at me and said, yes, go ahead. And I, I said, so I said, my wife's mocking at me, but I am a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. And she's making fun of me because she knows I'm dying to ask you to do a Springsteen cover. And, and she says, oh, Atlantic City is one of my favorite songs. I'll be glad to do it for you. And so um, – and she did, and it was amazing. It was just and, – and so surprising that um, – I've made the joke many times, and I, and, I'm, and I mean that with love in my heart. Usually if you go up to the stage at any pub, bar – Someone's got a guitar. You ask Bruce Springsteen. They're either going to say, I don't know anything, or they're going to do I'm on fire. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. because I'm on fire, well-known song, pretty easy song to get through, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Every once in a while I've been surprised uh, when I was in Memphis, and I made um, just this past January, um, I, I guess the – you know, the first week of February, because it was before I started the new job, we went to Memphis for a few days, and I mentioned Springsteen, and they played Tougher Than the Rest, which I was like, oh, wow, that's a really nice one. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's 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 really wonderful that and, – and I can only imagine my hometown, the power of that, because it is a powerful song. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Um, all right, so – so much to those guys because Springsteen had come not necessarily to their hometown but to their country and sung these these songs about um, you know about freedom and about yeah. um, you know these kinds of things that, that were not the kind of thing that normally happened in in their country it was just made it so such a special thing really I think right like a few um, a few months ago we had the guy um, and I'm drawing a blank on his name but from Northern Ireland right. And he talked about how special it was when Bruce played Northern Ireland and did My yeah. City of Ruins, and he just was emotional. Um, yeah. You know, it's. I know it's. I know it's got to be hard on the band, though incredibly satisfying. They they fly, and they travel in. In the best best circumstances as possible, but it is still hard to go around the world. But it is amazing that they've been able to do that and to share in so many different countries that. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's part of the thing that I think, especially when people see or hear Bruce live, it's the fact that he's – it doesn't matter really. Language doesn't seem to be a barrier. Culture doesn't seem to be a barrier. He has this way through his music, through his persona of, of getting over – in, in some really emotional and meaningful way to people all around the world from all kinds of backgrounds. And, and I think that's one of the, the things that impresses me most about him, I think, through his career so, as an artist. You know, yeah, really. Coming up in a few weeks, um, Andrew Hickey, who does the History of Rock and Roll in 500 Songs podcast, 
um, mm-hmm. he's going to be on the show. He he and I have already talked, and there is a segment we we talk about Elvis a little bit, and he talks about how much because of the colonel's immigration status, he never allowed Elvis to tour internationally, even though Elvis wanted it. And that's one of the regrets. You can think, what if he could have gone to Europe or, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, South Africa or, you know, just South America, just it toured the world. Um, and because look at the impact Springsteen had and to see, yeah. think of, you know, Elvis doing that would have been just something amazing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Even today, they, they talk about in, in uh, Scotland, at one of the airports on the west coast of Scotland, it's the only time Elvis Presley was ever on British soil, was he touched down there for a very short time to change the flights when he was in the U.S. military. Wow. And they still talk about it. You know, it's a thing of the, the only time that he, he never played there, he never performed, he never did anything in terms of his music. Yeah. He was actually there in that country, and it's it's something that's still remembered, I guess, even though, you know, yeah, he was in the military and refueling the flight or whatever it was. Yeah, you, you think it, it would have been it would have been cool while he was stationed in Germany to have found a couple of guys to just and, and gone to a local pub and just kind of, you know, played around a little bit. I'm, sh- I'm sure it did in his house. I'm sure they did that a lot, according to you know biographies and such. Um, would, it be one of those, uh, would it be one of those shows that uh, over the years you get ten thousand people saying, "Yeah, yes, I was there that it, night." That's it, exactly. Um, Thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, so last time you're here, um, you mentioned uh, you. We didn't get to all your stories, but you've got a couple of ES um, E Street Band stories to tell me, right? Well, I've had the pleasure of meeting a couple of members of the band. And, um, yeah, it's because of the, the Light of Day shows, really. We, I mean, as most Bruce fans know, the Light of Day charity is a Parkinson's charity that was set up on the Jersey Shore by a lot of those artists in memory of a, a friend of theirs, a promoter and so on, who, who had Parkinson's. And uh, they have the main festival in New York and on the Jersey Shore every January, but what they've started to do is a, an international tour before that. So they come to the UK usually late December, and then they play a couple of shows, and then they go and do a little European tour. Um, and it's not the main names always. Bruce hasn't yet. We hope we, we live in hope every year, but you know um, these are in small venues, and um, we've had various uh, really great artists on them. That you know some great singer songwriters. Uh, Anthony Diamato, who I was talking about earlier, he's done a couple of them, and uh, Jesse Malin has, has done a couple of them. Um, but uh, the last few years, one of the regulars has been Vinny Lopez, who's okay. been uh, playing drums and um, singing his uh, some of the old Steel Mill songs that I've got versions on old CDs oh, of nice. uh, Bruce singing with Steel Mill. So. Uh, it's quite strange when you're there singing along to it and everybody's thinking, I don't know what the hell this song is, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I know them. Um, and one of the things my friend and I decided to do, um, you can get a hotel package. So you go to the hotel, which is a nice countryside hotel, 
and uh, you can have, they do a nice meal on the Sunday afternoon, and then you get a they provide you transportation into the nearby city of Leicester where the gig takes place, and then after the show you go back to the hotel, and that's where all the artists are staying. So they lay on a buffet when you get back in the evening. Okay, and you have nice. A greet. The bars open until the last person goes to bed, and uh, so it gives you a, just this amazing chance to sit and have a bite to eat and a, and a couple of drinks with these people. And so we've sat now, I think three times we've uh, had these great chats with Vinny Lopez, who I know you, you've interviewed and he's, he's a very interesting character. I, I find. Yes. And uh, he seems to have played golf with everybody in the world of rock and roll at some stage or another. Uh, it, it was interesting when I interviewed him, right? His, he caddies, the, the guy yes. he caddies for was up for, like, um, you know, the senior tour and playing in the senior open or something. And it did sound like he would have been more excited about him winning that tournament than, like, winning a, him winning a Grammy or something. It's like he was – he does seem to love golf. And he, yeah. it, it is – right, he shared being in the Hall of Fame has now gotten him into a lot of – uh, celebrity golf tournaments, and so he's gotten joy, which is, I, it just makes me so happy. Yeah, and uh, he's he's such a interesting because he's he's met everybody, and yeah. he'll just casually drop them in, and you know, well, yeah, well, I was and I was playing golf with Alice Cooper and uh, this guy, you know, and, uh, talking about somebody else, and um, but the first time we were chatting to him, um, my friend Adam had gone to the bathroom and um, so I'm sitting at the table chatting to Vinny and um, so Vinny uh, decides, he gets starts talking about Asbury Park and uh, modernization, the development of innovations of Asbury Park and he, he starts getting into all the uh, planning issues and the zoning and all the, the stuff that I, I don't really know anything about. So as luck would have it, my friend Adam is a city planner by his job. Right. So uh, he comes back and sits at the table and I said to, to Vinny, this guy's a city planner. He's the man you want to be talking to about this stuff. Um, and I just took myself away and went somewhere while they while they talked about the uh, the technical city planning oh, how stuff. Funny. Then when they wanted to talk about golf and music again, I came back and rejoined the kind of the conversation a little bit. So that is great. awesome. That is great. It, it is great. And uh, the first one of those times we did that hotel also on the bill that night night was Jake Clemens. Oh, nice. So Jake was uh, playing guitar and singing. Uh, I think he played his, played a sax on one song, backing somebody else. Yeah. Because uh, it's it's in the round the musicians acted each other's backing. Yeah. Musicians. So um, Jake was a lovely guy. Mm-hmm. He really lovely guy. His persona sure seems that way. Yeah. You know, and you see all the photos with all the fans. He appears to really be someone who just loves meeting people and and yep. sh- and sharing. You know. Well, I got that impression. I get the impression that when he goes out and does a tour, supporting his own music, or if he's doing something like The Light of Day, it gives him a chance to do that. Because one of the, the little kind of jokes we had with him was. Um, you know, we, I said it, it's really great to be able to do this, to sit and have a, a beer and to have a chat. Yeah. I said, because let's face it, uh, we're not going to be able to do that after an East Street Band show at Wembley Stadium. Right. And Jake was saying, well, I don't see why we can't do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, 
because because you'll be in the big blacked out windows humming on your way yeah. by while well, we're still queuing for the tube train back into London, yeah. you know. And um, uh, so I think he he did enjoy the chance to actually get to chat to people and to to do that, which which is obviously something that on an E Street band tour is is yeah. going to be very difficult. But yeah, he was a he was a super nice guy, super friendly and just enthusiastic and. It almost felt that he was just as keen to talk to us as as we were to talk to him, which which is nice. Was really good. It didn't feel like you were meeting someone who was kind of on some kind of plateau that you felt really nervous and uh, intimidated speaking to. We were we were just chatting and uh, you know about about this and that really you know just general conversation and it was such a, a pleasure to meet him. That's that's awesome. That's so good. Um, you, and then your last note you sent me, um, I'll, I'll, when Bruce plays a song for you in quotations and my uncanny Hyde Park prediction. All right. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things I was thinking about recently because, uh, we were, we had, it's not very nice this weekend, but we've had some nice early summer and spring weather during the lockdown. So it meant Quite a few times I've been able to sit in the garden, which has been lovely, and listen to music um, in, the, in my garden chair. And I've been listening to quite a few Bruce live stuff and just set me thinking of the summer concerts, the outdoor concerts, sure. the stadium shows and so on. And I was thinking about uh, how um, some of those are ones where usually that part of the tour is where he's throwing a few more rarer songs and that kind of thing and covers and so on into the yeah. set uh, and so you know that's those are the shows you go to and you hear one you haven't heard before a song you really love and, I, and that phrase that he played a song for me tonight was something somebody said to me coming out of a, a Bruce show somebody I'd met going to shows and uh, he played something he hadn't heard before that he loved and he said oh Bruce played one for me tonight and so that's always been something I've looked out for and a couple of those I was thinking about down the years but the one I particularly mentioned to you in my notes was uh, at the Hyde Park show the second Hyde Park show in London uh, in 2012 um, which um, was a fantastic show but on the way to the show we went on the train down from Birmingham and I went with uh, three or four friends of mine, and we were talking on the train about if we could have a choice that Bruce could cover one song, what song would it be? And we all went round the table and we all gave a short list of, you know, but uh, I said, no, I know what my one song would be that Bruce should play, and it would be I Saw Her Standing There by the Beatles. Oh, nice. So, and because I just love that song, I think it's one of the best old style rock and roll songs that there is. I just, I just love it. And of course, that Hyde Park show, right at the end of the encore, what does Bruce do? He doesn't just play the song. He brings Paul McCartney out on stage to sing it with him. And so I've sat on the train and out of all the songs that have ever been made, I've picked that one and he's come out on stage that night and played it with McCartney. And uh, it's, uh, you know, that's another one of those times when you think wow he really has played one for me tonight <laughs> that is awesome i you must when they started playing that first notes you must have been in disbelief 
I couldn't believe it. And the couple of the friends I'd been with who I'd said it to, they kind of turned and looked at me. Yeah, like, okay, did you, you know, see the you know, set list yeah. somehow? Did you, did you, you have, have a spot? Of... Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you like. They, they want to make buy them lottery tickets on the way out. Yes, home. exactly. <laughs> like, yes, go make go make a bet uh, for on a match or something. That is awesome. That is great. Yeah. That okay. Yes. Um, what else? What else have I not asked you I should have? I don't know. Okay. Um, did, um, so, uh, you know, I, I think I just want to end with, uh, you know, I'm so glad you joined me again. I, I appreciate all the support on Twitter, and, and it's always fun to interact with you. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you come on. Uh, I think in September we'll you finish your cover list, and uh, after I do mine, we'll have you on and do yours. All right. Okay. That yeah. that'll be fun. Uh, any final? I, I might just have given you a little hint as to what my sixties one might be. It though. might be yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, any final words, my friend? Just to say it's been an absolute pleasure as always, Jesse, and uh, it's. It's always great to talk to you, whether that's directly like this or virtually on, online. And it's always great to hear your podcasts and to share with other members of the Springsteen community, because I think that's especially been important. I think we all really appreciate over the last few months the importance of community and the importance of keeping up those communications with people and uh, trying to feel close to people even when we can't physically be close to them. So thank you for, for your part in that, and uh, thanks for having me on the, the podcast again, and, and all power to your elbow as you come up to your five-year anniversary. Look forward to doing it all again soon. That's good. Hey, uh, before, you might remind me, though, have you – I know they just are going to release officially the Springsteen's From My Home to Yours <laughs> – had you listened to any of them via, you know, web trickery, or are you looking forward to hearing them officially? I'm looking forward to hearing them. They they, they come out this weekend. Uh, yeah. I think they actually been broadcast quite late at night, so yeah. I'll probably be tuning into the the podcast version. Uh, I've heard little snippets, particularly obviously the 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 mask. Yes, nothing mask. Yes. Um, Quite well known. I, I played that. I played it to my wife as well, which uh, which made her laugh a lot because she's uh, she's no fan of, of your president. Yes. And uh, so uh, I'm really looking forward to them because everybody has been saying how great they are, and I just think it sounds like a great format and a, another way for Bruce to to give something to his fans, even though he's not out there performing and himself in terms of his music. Yeah, I look forward to, and you should uh, tweet or email me. Your thoughts, and I know everyone else would love to hear them. I know Terry's very excited because, you know, when I asked him, he said, I'm not trying to get them unofficially because I know I would be frustrated if I couldn't get them or if I only got one or two and he's a completist. Um, I I will tell you, they are so diverse. Uh, some of them are very social conscious, but this last one with him, Little Steven, and Southside Johnny was just three old friends laughing joking and sharing songs of summer it, it was beautiful but then the one before um you know with about he was he was mad 
and and when and the injustice. It's it. Um, Ron Martz, who is the writer who's been on the show two or three times recently, you know, he said, "We know Springsteen's a great storyteller, so why are we surprised that he's able to tell a story?" by his words and picking songs. We shouldn't be surprised, but we are, and pleased. And I, I think that's really strong. So I, I can't wait to hear you, your thoughts on it, my friend. I think, it's, I think it's something that's never really been tried before by a musician. I think you have DJs and curators who are excellent at doing that. Right. But I, I think it's quite unusual for a, a working, currently performing and recording musician to sit down and tell their stories and their views through other people's songs like that. I think that's sort of something I've not really known that many people do while they're still being active themselves. Yeah. And, you know, unlike everyone else, I would love for him to do a, um, you know, a f- acoustical set of him performing yeah. music. But in a way, this is kind of even more special, you know, because it, it, it it is similar in the vein of Broadway, um, the book, and Western Stars, where he's sharing parts of himself to us. Yep. Very nice. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Ian. Thank you so much, listeners. You, thank you for listening. Thank you, Ian. I hope you and your family thank stay you. safe. Um, thank you. Same to you, Jesse. Yeah, listeners, wash your hands. Wear an effing mask. Keep socially distanced, and let's all get through this together. You know we love you, and we'll see you further on down the road. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at SetLustingBruce, and my personal Twitter is at DFW. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. That listing Bruce. Set listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.